Welcome to Baby Boomer Tales. My name's Jim. Today's episode is called Maxie Joe's Day Off. When we first moved out to the country here, we had a dog named Sandy. She's a female dog. She's part chow and part golden retriever. She's a very good dog. She'd always lived in town, and I spoke of this before. Our home in town had a big yard, six-foot privacy fence, because Sandy could have jumped the fence easily if it was any lower than that. She loved it out here. When we first bought the property that winter, I brought her out for the first time to walk the property and look at it. It was before we built our home, and she just started running all over the place. And I could, I watched her, and she'd look to make sure I was still there and go off and run around and explore and have a great old time. Well, she was on the other side of the pond for me, and this is probably first part of March. It was still very cold. The water was not frozen in the pond, though. And I called her. I was ready to go back home. And she came running, and she jumped right into that pond. I don't know if she didn't realize that that was water, and she was just making a beeline for me or what. But she got in there, and it was the deep part of the pond, which is about 11 feet, and she started swimming towards me. And I couldn't get her. I couldn't run over to where she was at and try to get her to to get to the side. I was concerned the dog was going to, the water was so cold that she was going to drown. But somehow she made it to the uh, shore. That summer we built our house and Sandy and Kim and myself, we moved in here. She loved this place. It's basically all country, just a few houses here and there. And it was her domain. And she did her job, which she was hired on to do here. She kept the deer away. She kept the rats away. She kept the snakes away. Have you ever seen a dog kill a snake? It's really quite fascinating. They walk around it in a circle barking. Pretty soon the snake loses its concentration on the dog and the dog senses that and grabs it and shakes it, throws it, and goes and does the same thing over. After three or four times the snake is usually dead. Now the problem with the dog doing that is she would kill good snakes too. And When I say a good snake, black snakes, corn snakes, rat snakes, whatever you want to call them, that keep the rats and the mice and and all that down, the population down. But a snake's a snake, and if it's on my wife's yard, they're fair game. And so the dogs did a good job of keeping the snakes at bay. She'd also killed moles, and one time she even got one of my grass carp out of the pond. Darn fish weighed 15, 20 pounds, and here it was laying on the bank, and she was barking at it. So I had to put the fish back in the pond. Well, we went that way for a few years, and I decided that the dog needed a friend. I don't know why I decided that. So we got a puppy, named him Homer, and Homer was a very good companion to Sandy. They did get in some trouble once in a while. But Sandy lived to be 16 years old, finally died of old age. Such a good dog. Homer passed away the next year from a brain tumor. And I was left out here dogless. Well, it didn't take very long and the deer were coming right up the property, eating my wife's bushes, chewing my baby trees right in half, making a general mess out of things. We're getting rats and mice where you could see them close to the house. The rabbits were eating the flowers. 
And so we needed a dog. We needed a dog. You have to have at least one dog if you're going to live in the country. I guess you could live in the country without a dog, but they sure make your life easier. So I decided that I'd like to have a dog like a lab, something like that, because we have this big old pond right in front of our house. And so we found an ad in the paper, lab puppies. We went and saw them, and there were two little females running around and a white male. And you could tell immediately the females were not all lab. They had brown markings of a German shepherd. So the guy that owned the pups said, oh, no, they're pure lab. Here's the dad and here's the mom. They're black labs. But there's also a German shepherd there. And I says, well, what's this dog? Oh, he lives here too, but those pups are a pure lab. So I, you're right, mister. So I gave him some money and we took one of the little females, offered for the male, the yellow male also, but he had been already spoken for. Promised the guy I'd give her a good home and away we went. On the way home, we decided we better name this puppy, and we turned out giving her the name Maxie. In my heart, I always felt it was to honor my mother, who was named Maxine. I do that. I'll name an animal after a loved one that is no longer with me. I think it's only right in some ways. So we got Maxie home. She was a good little puppy, rambunctious as could be. If I'd be weed-eating the pond, she'd... Uh, I'd, I'd get concerned about her. She'd kind of act like she wanted to take on the weed eater, and that could be dangerous for a dog. I can cut a frog in two just like that. They pop out, and I'm weed eating, and now I have two halves of, of a frog. Well, one day, all of a sudden, Maxie wasn't feeling very well, and she got worse and worse, and I've got to take her to the vet, called the vet, and, well, the vet's out of town. He'll be back a couple of days, so what am I going to do? I found another vet pretty close to our home, called him, said, bring her in. I brought her in, and the vet looked at her and said, this dog has parvo. We need to put her down right now. We need to just put her down. And I, what? What is parvo? I hadn't even heard of it. Turns out it's a deadly, very contagious dog disease. And I thought, what in the world? And I didn't know this vet from Adam. So I thanked him very much and said, well, I think I'll go get a second opinion. I went home and found the vet's number, my vet's number, and uh, I had a number besides the office number. I had his home number, and I called that, got a answering service, and identified myself, told him what was going on. He called me back that afternoon, said he was going to cut his stay, whatever he's doing, short. He came back. The next day, I took Maxie in there, and she was literally knocking on death's door. And Leroy, the vet, this guy is an animal whisperer. I've never seen a vet like him. You bring your cat in and I'm cat makes me into hamburger just getting it there. He'll open the cage door to, for the cat and the cat is purring and rubbing against him. All my animals always thought there was a day at the spa to go to the vet. The guy is amazing. I can just imagine him with large animals which country vets do, you know. He said, I don't know what's going on with her. Let me let me keep her. Let me figure this out. The next afternoon, he called me. He says, well, I think I know what's happening with her. And I said, what's that, Leroy? He said, she's got a situation called puppy strangles. And it is deadly in some cases. But I think she's been through the worst of it. And we've given her medication. 
We're just going to have to have time determine her outcome. Leroy's a straight shooter, but he's the kindest soul in the world. I said, okay. He said, call me tomorrow. Tomorrow, I called, and he says, I think little girl's better. I got to take her home a few days later. It took her a while to recover, but Maxie did recover. And she grew and was well and was healthy. And the cats adopted her like she was one of their own. You could see it in her, too. If she'd catch a rat instead of just killing it, she'd be like a cat and she'd play with it until it was dead. And she'd get the rat and play with it and play with it and play with it, then go snoop around and smell and pee and whatever dogs do and come back and the rat had taken off and she'd trail it down and find it and play with it again. Same way with bunnies, same way with mice. She did the same thing with moles, but that didn't work for her. And moles are a big enemy of mine because they just tear everything up. When you have a big section of land, it's not like you have one mole comes in. You can have hundreds, I guess, at least dozens, and they can make a mess. Sandy always kept them at bay. But Maxie would play with the mole, dig it up, play with it, play with it, then get distracted while she was off sniffing and chewing and whatever, the mole would go back underground and be gone. Well, I witnessed this one day, and the mole started to go back underground, and Max was off back to it doing something. I took a shovel, and I hit that mole, and I said, Maxie, Maxie, you can't do that. Well, you thought I hit her with a shovel. She cowered. I had never seen anything like it. I guess she thought I was going to take that shovel to her. Well, to make a very long story short, she hasn't fooled with the mole since, so I ruined her for moles. So even though she gets snakes, bullhead catfish out of the pond, which are not a desirable fish to have in your pond, she gets those out of the pond, keeps the snakes, the deer, the rats and the bunnies. She even killed a couple muskrats that will destroy your pond if you leave them unchecked. She's a good dog. She's a great dog. If she'd only kill moles, she'd be a dog hall of famer. Well, one day, we were, we were trying to make Maxie a, a house dog. Before Homer passed away, he would come in the house in the evenings and lay by the fire in the wintertime, and we thought that was just neat stuff. So we're thinking of Maxie, you know, being able to come in in the evenings and go out during the day. One day when I was at work, I came home from work, and my wife was standing there like I had done something awful and terrible. And what had happened is Maxie had a day off. That's for sure. We had a fairly new couch, and she chewed one half of it just all up. Chewed the wall up. We had a nice palm tree. Chewed that right in half. Look in the palm tree. There wasn't a leaf left on it, or one of those fronds, whatever they're called. They were gone. And she got a hold of my splint, a $500 item you get from the dentist to keep you from grinding your teeth, I guess. That's how they explained it to me. And it was in shambles. So old Maxie has not been in the house since since that day when she was about six, eight months old. She lives out there with the cats, and the cats love her very much, and she loves them. But I do have a problem, and that's uh, old Lucy died several years ago, had, had something wrong with her nose and passed away. And Ozzy died of old age last year. So I spend a lot of time with Maxie, a lot more time than I've spent with any one dog since old Blue Dog 40 years ago. I don't know if I should get her another cat for a friend. 
We can't let her in the house. She runs around in poison ivy and all this stuff all the time, rolls in gosh knows what, just being a dog. That one day that she practically destroyed our home and thought it was great fun. I know she's no Ferris Bueller, but I'll tell you this right now, Ferris Bueller's no Maxie. Maxie Joe. In the mornings, I get up, and the first thing I do is let her outside. Well, most dogs, they go away from the house to do their business in the morning after being in the garage. We have a kennel in our garage that she gets to stay in, and the garage is heated in the winter and cooled in the summer, so she doesn't have it too bad. Well, if I just let her outside, she'd go right next to the house and, and do her business. So the only trick old Maxie Joe knows is I take her outside in the morning. I say, come on, Joe, let's go. And I walk her to the other side of the driveway so she can do her business. I say, she stands there and waits. And I say, go potty. And then she goes potty. I know other people have dogs that heal and fetch and shake, play dead. Maxie goes potty. She's a very good dog. She's getting a little long in the tooth anymore. She's 12 years old. You can tell it. She still runs, but not nearly as fast as she did. She still brings home deer carcasses and whatever and gnaws on them and thinks that's great fun. I have no idea where she finds this stuff. I'm sure somebody shot a deer somewhere. Max is my dog, and I love her very much. We've put off getting another cat thinking... I don't know how many more years we're going to be able to live out here. It's a lot of work. I probably ought to go find myself an older cat. She'd be kind to it. I know that. She might kill a bunny in two seconds, shh, but she'd love that cat and know it's part of our family. I don't want to get her another dog. That's, that's not necessary. In the meantime, I'll spend extra time with her. Sit out there in the garage in the evening when I tell her goodnight and pet her for 10 or 15 minutes. Tell her what a good girl she is. Tell her how much I love her and what she means to me. Tell her she's a good girl. Maxie, you're a good girl. You're a good, good girl, Maxie Joe. You're a good girl. Well, my time is coming to an end. Leroy saved Maxie's life, and now Maxie spends most of her time in the summertime catching frogs. If you would like to help to keep this podcast commercial-free, just visit our webpage at babyboomertales.com. There is a link called Support Our Podcast, and if you follow that link, it will explain to you how you can do that. Never forget to be kind. I'll be back next week.